So with that in mind, let's tackle biblical divorce and the cultural response. In today's culture, there's many reasons why someone uh, would want to leave their spouse and children. Uh, So when we look throughout the Bible to try and find some reasons, some scripture to help, uh, we find consistently just strict guidelines on divorce and remarriage. The Old Testament, under the law, divorce was permitted when a spouse had committed adultery and remarriage was not permitted after divorce. God's position on divorce is most sternly stated toward men in the book of Malachi where he says, the man who hates and divorces his wife says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect. Ouch, really God? Really? That's harsh. So then maybe we look to the Gospels. After all, Jesus is pretty compassionate. Maybe we'll find some better news. So in the Gospels, last week we studied uh, Jesus' choice of compassion over consequence. In John 8, we read about a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, deserving death under the law, and Jesus shows compassion and forgives her when everyone was ready to stone her. But unfortunately, it doesn't change Jesus' view on the marriage covenant. And in the the Gospels, the religious leaders actually try to attack Jesus, try to test Jesus based on the laws of divorce. They actually go off from, it's like they see, hey, this guy, he's doing this whole compassion thing. He, He has a heart for people. Let's get him on this one. We can get him in regards to divorce because he wants to serve people, but we want to hear the law. And so they go at him, and you can read it in Matthew 5, Matthew 19, Mark 10, Luke 16. You can read the religious leaders in Jesus going toe-to-toe. And yet in all these accounts, Jesus confirms the law that one divorce is a last resort, only permissible under circumstances of marital unfaithfulness, and two, remarriage is not permissible after divorce. Really, God, that's harsh. That's difficult for me to deal with, Lord. I don't like it. So we look to the epistles. We look to the New Testament instruction. Maybe there there's something. And so we go to the early church and Paul's instruction on divorce found in 1 Corinthians 7. 1 Corinthians 7, it's, we've kind of been through this through this whole series. It's kind of becoming the chapter of this series of life and the difficult relationship stuff of life. And in there, he confirms Old Testament principle. Moreover, he confirms Jesus' teaching. In verses 10 and 11, Paul actually quotes Jesus. He says, To the married I give this command, not I but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband. A husband must not divorce his wife. Okay, but why? Why? That's what our culture is dying to know. They are dying to know. They are looking at the church, they're looking at Christians, and they're saying, you guys are judgmental, you don't have forgiveness, the whole thing's a sham. Why? Why is the Bible so against this? And they're frustrated, they're angry, they're hurt. It stinks. It's not fair. So what's the big deal? Well, primarily, it shows God's love and passion and seriousness for the marriage covenant is just 
he just thinks marriage is the coolest. <laughs> he just thinks it's so awesome. And it's representative of his son. And the church, and under the newlyweds message, if you go on audio or you go on the podcast, you'll, under the newlyweds thing, we unpacked that two weeks ago. Everything to do with the marriage covenant. We unpack that. God's passion for the marriage covenant. So that's primary. We can't get away with how much God loves marriage. Can't get away from it. He loves it so much. But I believe that scripture shows a secondary purpose, a secondary reason that can help us that's related to being single parents. I, I, I think I think. Scripture, scripture shows a secondary, unstated reason. And it has everything to, to do with the value and protection of children. And, and, and the Bible's strict stance on divorce, I really do believe, is partly in place to protect children. They didn't have birth control in Bible times. Kids were always a part of marriage. Very, very slim, slim chance that kids weren't a part of marriage. They were always a big factor. And so sometimes we look at our cultural view with birth control and everything like that, and we look at that and we think, okay, well, kids aren't always a part of the picture. But in Bible times, they were always a part of the picture, always there, always present. And, and just look at God's view of children. Look at the, in the Old Testament, children are considered a blessing and a gift. In Psalm 137, we read children are a heritage from the Lord, a reward from him. In the Gospels, Jesus rebukes his own disciples for, they're trying to like, oh, Jesus is busy with ministry stuff. You guys need to get away. And they push the kids away and push the moms away that are trying to get Jesus to lay hands on their children and bless them. And Jesus rebukes them says, let the children come to me. Do not prevent children from coming to me. Jesus is serious about kids. God the Father is serious about kids. And so much so, our salvation, John 3.16, one of the most well-known verses in history, John 3.16, he sent his one and only son to die for us. He sent his one and only child to die for us. We are, we are orphans. We are widowed. We are in despair. We are lost, wandering in this world. God gave his one and only son so that we could be adopted. We could be heirs to the King of kings and Lord of lords. When I look at the gospel story, when I look at the story of the Bible, God is very serious about children, very serious about valuing them and protecting them. And that, this is, this is the biblical principle. This is where culture and Bible align. Like I said, I don't want to fight divorce. I want to try and find the common ground. I want to try and talk to my culture and give them Jesus. And if I can find the place where we can see eye to eye, then I want to do that. And children is the key. Because any way you look at it, the culture and the Bible believe children should be valued and protected. And any way you look at it, any study, secular study, biblical study, Christian, any way you look at it, it's confirmed through and through that avoiding divorce is a, is a way to value and protect children as much as possible. Dig it through, mom and dad, as much as possible. So this is where we need to find the common ground. We can't be arguing with people. We can't be judging people. We need to find this common ground and at least try to help. And this is where the single parent thing, this is where it all comes back together. 
They're parents of children and teenagers, and they're on their own, and we can look in judgment and say, you got divorced, you should, we can do that. The church has done a good job of that before, but what does it help? And I don't know, when I look at the Gospels, when I see Jesus, when, when, when someone's already condemned by society, when they're already struggling, when they're already beaten down, I just don't see Jesus laying one more spack down. I see him going to their aid and helping them. I know you had a difficult scenario. Life gave you a really hard kick. Let's move that aside. It's done. Let's focus on the service. That's what I see. That's what I see. And so for me, like, this is what I mean by the biblical response of of, of culture's view of divorce. We can't change it. Regardless of why it took place, the children and the single parents They need our help. And as followers of Jesus, they need to be a priority for us. And as followers of Jesus, every person's a priority to us. Every single person on the planet is valued and should be protected under the cross. That's what we do. That's what separates us. That's what separates us from radical terrorism, where you're trying to get a a religion based on on murdering people. We don't do that. We save lives. That's what we do. Physically and eternally, we save people out of their despair. That's our call. That's what makes this whole thing different. That's why Christianity continues to travel and people devote their lives to it. This is what we do. And so single parents, if this is a rise in our society, if this is an area that's growing, then we need to kind of look at that and say, okay, what can we do? How can we help them? And this speaks to our response as a church. Not everyone, not everyone has to endure the season of being widowed or being divorced, but it gives us an incredible opportunity for ministry. This rise in single parenthood gives us an opportunity as a church because we have a heavenly father that will always be there when a father is not and we know him intimately and we can show him intimately and as a church, we can be the mother and the caregiver that is there when the mother's not there. If that means learning, teaching teaching a guy how to do some braids, so be it. We'll give him Jesus and teach him to do braids, right? As I thought of concluding this, this message and, and thinking about the church's response, how do we help single parents? I, I realized that my friend in Alaska, I just thought, why not give her the last word? Asking her to, hello, Lord? Um, give her the last word. And I asked her, I said, so how can the church, what's your relationship with the church? How can, how can the church help a single parent? And, and she had this to, this to say, it's, it's fascinating. She said this, it's been a journey, both with my faith and with the church. My heart is that the church will see us and help us more. Not just widowed women where the Bible clearly mandates, but the modern widow which is any single parent. Beautiful. The modern widow, which is any single parent. Honestly, the church as a whole lets us down from my perspective. Everything is geared for married couples, Sunday school, small groups, sermons. Singles groups are for younger groups. 
Women's groups are usually on weekdays when we're all working. I've shared some thoughts with the church a few times, and sometimes I think the church has heard, but other times it's easier to ignore us, or worse, just ask me to do it. I may do it someday, after the kids are grown up, or I have a helper, but it's too much right now. I couldn't get her phrase out of, out of my head. Um, the modern widow, which is any single parent. And as I pondered that, I, uh, I, I settled on, on a common verse that's heard all the time in Christian circles. It's a very famous verse, James one twenty seven, And, and I, I thought of this verse, that, you know, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And, and I, felt, I felt under conviction as I, as I read her story and I read her words, and it, and it kind of changed that verse to me. We're always going to, the church is always going to be taking care of orphans and windows, widows. That's for sure. That's what we need to do. But I think for me, I came under the conviction to understand that, well, I need to take care of uh, children that, that are without a parent and single parents. You know, widows and orphans in their distress, while also children and single parents that are in their distress. They are in distress financially. Um, little things. I, I talked to my friend. She told me sometimes it's, sometimes it's so difficult when things break in her house and, and she's Googling and YouTubing and looking at all these things, the single mom trying to, okay, kids, we're going to fix a dishwasher today, you know? And it's like, okay, the little boy, little girl, all right, what do we think's wrong? With and little things that, that she said she used to depend on her husband for, she can't. Dishwater, dishwasher's got to work. Lawn needs more. A lot of the things that traditional families, the, the husband may do, she just has to, Get on it. And I, and I thought, well, how, how could the church help that? There's single parents in my neighborhood, in your neighborhood. Maybe I need to notice them a little bit more. Maybe I need to really strategically say, hey, I'm seeing here, you know, your single mom, single dad. Is there, is there any way that our family can help you at all? Is there, is there anything we can do? Like, don't give them the gospel first. But you give that first. You serve them in their distress and you build that relationship with them, the gospel just comes easy. Why are you doing this? No one cares about me as a single parent. Why do you care? I care because Jesus wants me to. Because Jesus wants you to? Yeah, because Jesus wants me to. Let me tell you about him. The gospel. 